Welcome to the Avenue Community Church's podcast. We are a family of Christ followers seeking shalom in Memphis. We pray that you are encouraged by today's message. And as you listen, may the word of God shape you to be more like him. Uh, Would you read with us? This is Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 24. Paul says this, so I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, everybody say however, is not the way of life you learn when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hey, you all are, you are joining us in the middle of um, the second iteration of our series, What the Soul Needs Most. And uh, last week, we kind of talked about, uh, it, was, it, was the, it was the initial kind of uh, sermon that really kind of set up the whole of the other ones to follow. Um, basically, you know, what the soul needs most is God. The soul was made by God. It was made for God. And it was made to run on God, right? Um, you know, when you pull up to the filling station, you're not looking for all kinds of options. You're looking for one option. You're not looking for 87, 83, 93, 97. You're looking for the one that say God. And when you go there, you don't even have to look in your wallet and say, you don't have to pull up your app and see, how much money do I have in the bank? Because I might only get a quarter tank. You ain't even got to do this because your gas is paid for. Amen, somebody. So when you pull up, you can get all you need to keep filling up. Your soul was made by God. It was made for God. And it was made to run on God. And so essentially, we'll finish these next two sermons just talking about the ways that we get God in us. And so today, we'll talk about mind renewal. Um, You know, I was... Sometimes I'm like, man, I'm not going to do a cheesy illustration to start my sermon today. And then I'm like, but let me just try, you know? (laughs) And so, uh, you know, I'm just going to try again, you know, Um, just to kind of set the atmosphere. Um, This is Paul in this this fourth chapter of Ephesians. And now he's, he's moved, right? We've had those beautiful, that beautiful prologue about our identity in Christ in Ephesians 1. You have that hallmark scripture in Ephesians 2 that reminds us that we're not saved by works, we're saved by grace. And, and what we used to, you know, we were dead in our trespasses of sin, and now here we are being alive in Christ. And so then you kind of get this beautiful picture about the church in, in Ephesians 3 and how it's supposed to operate. And Ephesians 4 is really... Um, when you get to most of your Bible, some of y'all could look down. It's got the subheading, the new life, right? That's what verses 17 through the rest of verse 4 looks like, the new life. And so, you know, 
most of us, um, many of us who have ever experienced being uh, or walking into new circumstances, we kind of have encountered a culture shock. Everybody say culture shock. I remember the first, uh, in the early 90s, I moved off of the Air Force base to Mobile, Alabama, which was still happily segregated, right? Uh, in a lot of ways, right? Obviously integrated, you know, on the surface, there's definitely things that people do together, but there are things that black kids do and there are things that white kids do. And I remember being raised where I was from on military bases was just a melting pot of different cultures and whatever and different kind of things. My best friend was Hispanic. My, my girlfriend was white with freckles. And it's just all just wide open, right? We were just doing life together. And all of a sudden, I ended up in an all-black Sunday school, and that was the scariest thing that ever happened to me in my whole life. <laughs> and it took a lot of digesting because there was a whole lot of, hey, bro, we don't do that here, Right? Uh, we don't talk like that here. And I remember uh, one time I started, they, uh, they took me to the park. I forgot to tell you, they took me to Trinity Garden, Trinity Garden the hood, hood, hood. But that's where my folks grew up. But they took me to play football over there, and I love Deion Sanders. And I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to get me a bandana like Deion Sanders. And so... And so, and so D, I didn't know no better, D, I didn't know no better, right? So, you know, man, dad, somebody bought me a bandana, and so my, I went, and uh, it was time for practice, and we had a little time, we were going to walk to the corner store for practice, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to pull out my bandana, I'm going to be fresh, right? Pull out my bandana, Mikey, I put that thing on, look so good, too, right? I was like, yeah, yeah. Man, I started, took two steps, all of a sudden I got popped. My homeboy, he was looking out for me and said, man, take that mess off your head, man. Man, we in blood neighborhood, man. I was like, what are we talking about? What's going on? And I didn't understand that with my new way of life came a culture adjustment. We have kind of moved away from this in, in Christianity, but this is Christianity 101. That there was a way you used to live formally, and now there must be some rewiring. There must be mind renewal, right? And so let's just start first. Let's just compile and make a list for ourselves, right? Um, let's look at the former way of life. This is what Paul starts off in verse 17. He starts talking about the former way of life. So I tell you this, I insist on this in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles used to do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity. They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they're full of greed. Let's go to the list real quick. Hey, just in case you missed it. If you're in good inductive Bible study, you would make a list and you would start right here. This is the characteristics that were indicative of all of our former lives. Futile thinking, number one. What does futile mean? Worthless, purposeless, fruitless, right? Futile thinking, a darkened understanding, ignorant, hardened hearts, sensual, full of greed. This, my friends, is what we call a thread. I'm going to give you three other scriptures. 
because I want you to see here that this is not just something Paul is working with the church at Ephesus on. As a matter of fact, when he goes around all of the Mediterranean, he's planting up other churches as they are trying to explore and trying to root themselves in the new life. This is Christianity 101. He's not just picking on the churches at Ephesus. And when he goes to Romans, with the church at Rome, he says, for although they knew God, they did not honor God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking. Their foolish hearts were darkened. This was indicative of the predicament with those who did not know Christ in Rome. In Colossians, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways you inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold. So the church at Colossae has the same kind of predicament as the church at Ephesus, has the same kind of predicament as the church at Rome. Peter puts it this way in his second epistle. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they, they enticed by sensual passions of the flesh, those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. Now listen, I know one day, or maybe some of y'all who grew up in them other kind of churches, no names, where you got saved 60 times, you know, the doors of the church is open, you came 75 times. It don't matter. It don't matter whether you got saved on the 77th or the 71st. It don't matter. I wonder if you are humble enough to accept the fact that your life before Christ, as Peter would say, was categorized as those who were living in error. (laughs) That may hurt your feelings. I know we don't live in a culture that likes to use the word right and wrong only when we're talking about those people who do the wrong because I'm always right. But you were wrong, my guy. (laughs) You was living wrong. You was darkening your understanding. You had futile thinking. You were ignorant. Your heart was dark. That was all of our former lives. And let me just help you. Jesus did not draft any first-round draft picks in this room. Some of us have some kind of soteriological mindset like, man, you look, I look at that, them over there, it's like, ooh, Jesus, boy, he had to reach real deep. His mercy, ooh, he had to deep real deep. Ooh, I'm so glad he got me. He didn't, he didn't have to really do a whole lot to me because some of y'all got that mindset. You think Team Jesus really got a five-star when we got you. No, man. This was all of our former ways of life. It's more than that. I think what's important for us is we talked about this series of our soul being made by God, being made for God, being made to run on God. Look at verse 18. They're darkening their understanding. And what's happening here? They are separated from the life of God. Everybody say, <gasps> can't be me. Because what? If I want my soul to thrive, what do I need? I need me some God. One of the ways that we categorize your relationship before God, you were separated from his life, the life that he wants to get into you. You were separated from it. You were pulling up to the gas station and it was saying insufficient funds. Hey, that's somebody. That's an awkward feeling. I got somewhere to go. Do it again. Maybe I use it as a debit. (laughs) 
Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Switch it up a little bit. Maybe I use it as a credit. Use your zip code. (laughs) (laughs) But this is all of our predicament, right? Separated from the life of God. And that was the lifestyle all of us are recovering from. We're all in recovery. One of the beautiful things about um, the avenue that I really celebrate that happened to us in, in 2022 is there were a number of people who God providentially, sovereignly, really just made aware of their sin and brokenness and were forced to live in the light, forced to live in community, forced to pursue levels of healing that forced, to, forced them to be vulnerable and accountability, and there was a whole bunch of people in recovery. And it was really cool. As a pastor, I got to learn and a lot of how that thing works. But you know what? Sometimes we have a tendency to view those people who are struggling, those with addictions, those are the people in recovery. Well, I guess what I am trying to make emphatically clear to you today is all of us are in recovery. All of us. Sunday school girl, catechized boy, little wayward drug dealer, used to woman. All of us are in recovery. And if you don't treat your Christianity like that, you are going to starve your soul. And you're going to put it in peril. Paul goes in, in the next three verses to talk about the new life. He says, that, however, is not the way you learned, right? When you heard about Christ, when you were taught... In him, accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in righteousness and holiness. Let's talk about the new life real quick. I'm just trying to establish a base here. First of all, the new life is not intuitive. It's not innate. It's not natural. This is what Paul has been trying to tell all of his churches that he's established, that there is intentionality behind walking in Christ Jesus because it's a whole new way of living. It's a whole new way of living, right? So you learn how to walk in Christ-likeness. Somebody need to circle it, highlight it, and put it down. You learn how to walk in Christ-likeness, and you never graduate. There ain't no term limit on when you actually get the degree. This is a lifetime, they call it sanctification, of learning how to walk in Christ-likeness. And it, it is not natural to you. Which, let me just tell you, some of you all get lulled to sleep, especially some of you all who grew up in homes with strong morals. And you had the little cage, do not touch, do not this, do not this, do not thing. And then you thought you was an easy one for Christianity because you was already restricting yourself. Uh-uh-uh. No, 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 no. There aren't different testimonies of Christianity. It's pretty much all the same all futile in thinking, all darkened in our understanding, all futile in our thought. So we have to relearn how to live. And how do we do that? Verses 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Can I just pause right there? If you are at a church, if you're in a ministry, and if you're thinking about a Christianity and they're not teaching you and telling you to put off your old self, you're not in Christianity. I'm not sure what that is, but it ain't Christianity. Okay? The old self got to go. It's being corrupted by deceitful desires, right? Um, Oh, I missed that, verse 21. But you were taught 
in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. How do we learn how to live Christ-like lives? We got to be taught according to the truth. And what's the truth? Everybody say it. Jesus. We got to be taught the truth. And what is the truth? Jesus. Which thus means that this is the verb tense to put off. If, I, if, my, if my, my grammar serves me correctly, that's going to be imperfect, right? This is ongoing process here that we are always putting off the old self and we are choosing to put on the new self. So we constantly pursue mind renewal. Let's take a couple bullets. So this idea of a renewed mind is a mind that is continually being trained according to the truth, which is Jesus. Mind renewal is not optional. It is essential to our walk. Verse 17, he says, I insist on this. This is not like if you want to. Every one of us has to be pursuing actively mind renewal. Here's the reality, because if we're not, we are completely useless as Christ-exalting Christians in our old way of life. Let's just pause, Selah. Don't drag this into, I'm saved by grace. Don't drag this into, I'm, I, I, I'm loved by God. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. Don't, we're in the wrong category. Because God saved you for a purpose. Right? He called, as my good friend Matt would say, he called you into something so that you also can do something. You're not saved by the doing, but he has called you freely by his grace, giving you an, a new identity. I am, I am who you say I am. All right, so then act like it. That's what this is saying. Those of us who have this new nature are called to act like it. Act like we are God's children. And if we continue to wake up in the morning and we go into the spiritual closet and we say, mm, what am I going to wear today? Mm, am I going to choose the new self or the old self? If we choose the old self, we are rendering ourselves useless in exalting Christ. That's just a fact. But here's the thing but we're not just useless to the kingdom of God. For this series, we're actually doing severe and eternal damage to our souls. So this message is not about your witness, though that is true, that if you choose to continue to put on the old self, you're gonna be useless in building God's kingdom. But that's not where I wanna, that's not where I wanna hang today. This, this series is about what your soul needs. And I wanna tell you today that the best gift that you can give your soul is mind renewal. The best gift you can give your soul is mind renewal, a renewed mind. And if you keep choosing your old self, you're going to keep your soul in constant turmoil and bondage. That's what I'm trying to tell you today. This is not about your witness, though that is true, and we'll talk about some other time. But if you continue to choose the old, futile way of living and thinking, dark and understanding the old self, you will keep your soul in bondage and turmoil and anxiety. And who wants that? None of us. What is the mind? The mind is just this. It's the center of intellectual activity. And what's cool is we talked about this uh, uh, kind of last week when we're going through Old Testament words for the soul, that word nephish, which sometimes can be translated as throat. Nephish also means soul. But sometimes that Hebrew word nephish can also be used as the mind. Why, why is that, Pastor Tim? What's the difference between the soul and the mind? 
Well, you remember, soul broadly can be referred to um, the, the whole man becoming a living being, right? Um, broadly, it can be the whole person. But narrowly, when we start talking about the soul, we, we're, we're meaning the inner man, the inner being, the emotions, the will, and the desires. Well, if we're trying to make sense of the difference between the soul and the man, I would just say this to engage your imagination. The mind is the research and the development department of the soul. I think I'm using these terms right. I got to ask Jeremy and Clark about my FedEx terminology. You know, IP boys, you know. But what is quality and control? You know, in that a division? Maybe I should stick to church divisions, but I'm, I'm sorry. But anyway. But, the, but the, the mind is the department of the soul that is essentially gathering and processing the information for the soul to digest and to latch on to. The mind is saying, hey, 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 we've got all these things, we've got all this information, soul, figure out what you want to do with it. But we've taken all these things in, it's the intellectual unit of your soul, and it's saying, hey, get info, 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 soul, now make sense of it and live out of one of these truths. This is what your mind is doing. And this is why if you are going to live in a Christ-exalting manner, he cannot just take you as he found you and you live glorifying to him. You do realize that, right? He can't just take you as he found you and leave you. So I don't want you to get it twisted. He is not afraid of where he found you and loves it and, and grabs you where you found you. You don't have to stop smoking to come to Jesus. You don't have to stop drinking to come to Jesus. You don't have to stop sleeping with the, your, 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 your little boyfriend, your little girlfriend to come to Jesus. You don't even have to change your sexual preference to come to Jesus. Don't worry, he'll do all that. <laughs> if you let him. He says, but if you see in me something beautiful, if you hear the message that I gave my own body to redeem your nasty soul, come. Don't drop nothing, just come. <laughs> just come. But here's also what's gonna happen. I'm not gonna leave you where I found you. I got something I'm doing. And I'm gonna start reprogramming the old you so that you can live in a manner that proclaims me. That's what happens, y'all. So, here we are. Mind renewal. Let's just talk briefly about what it's not. Mind renewal is not cognitive development. Let's just pause for a second. I'm reading, um, what's that, The Whole Brain Child? And I got to the chapter, it was really cool, and uh, God, I forgot the terminology. I meant to have, I wanted to be so sophisticated for y'all. I know y'all would be proud of me. <laughs> But there is a chapter where there's a will, essentially, and, you know, you help your child try to understand if they're angry, anxious, afraid, and you give them language as their brains are trying to be formed that, hey, they can point to this and say, oh, you know, oh there's a range of these emotions, and you, you may be feeling any one of these, but you know what? Guess what? We can choose to express the other emotions. This, we don't have to let one of those kind of dominate us, and it's really cool that, man, we have tools in the 21st century to help our children, to rear them better, to better help them understand how to express themselves, but when Jesus is talking about mind renewal, that's not what he's talking about. Okay, you do understand that? That's not, not what he's talking about. Okay. I just want to make sure. Don't be mad at me. We're for that. We are for all the tools in modern advancement, but that is not mind renewal. 
Okay, all right, I'm sorry. I just had to say it, I'm sorry. My renewal is not maturation. Some of y'all, I get upset. You know, sometimes if I just start sliding back and doing my Homer Simpson, sometimes I'm a little upset and I don't really know how to say it. Because sometimes, you know, D, I be in conversation, I hear folks talk about salvation and I, I hear folks talking about, you know, everybody wants to know how people can change. And you know what? Sometimes I sit at gatherings and I hear people, oh, you know, they'll be all right. They just need to grow up. Mm. Now that's interesting. That's really interesting to me because my Bible says that it's some sin you don't grow out of. <laughs> you could be 50 years old and still have a nasty heart. Mind renewal is not maturation. But for the grace of God, transforming my baby girl's heart, she'll be a nasty little lady. Maturation is not mind renewal. Lastly, mind renewal is not enlightenment. Some of us think that, man, and we, I, I just live in awe of the MTR teachers that have at least darkened this door. The way y'all serve, and matter of fact, all the teachers for that matter, how you serve, the dark climates that you have to drag yourself back to every week. I thank God for you teachers. But I've also heard some people who really believe that, oh man, you know what? The, the, the salvation to all of the ills of the world is if we could just educate everybody. Amen. I'm pro-education. I want it, and I want it in equity, and I want it in every corner of this city. That ain't the summum bonum, my friends. That's not it, right? When Paul and Jesus are talking about mind renewal, they're not talking about intellectual accumulation. As a matter of fact, John Piper says, there are many who think that the only problem with the human mind is that it doesn't have access to all the knowledge it needs. So education becomes the great instrument of redemption, both personal and social. But the true biblical understanding of the human predicament and the problems with our mind is that the problem with our minds is not that we are merely finite, but it's that we are fallen. It's going back to Ephesians, those first 17 verses, that we are futile in our thinking, darkened in our hearts and understanding. That's the problem, y'all. Now, don't hear me wrong. I am for all of these things. But as a Christian, someone who is a child of God, we are pursuing something completely different when we talk about mind renewal. Let's go. What is mind renewal? Mind renewal is the specific act of removing the old ways of thinking that we're not Christ-exalting and placing them with the new systems of thought that glorify Christ. Mind renewal only happens one way. How many ways can you renew your mind, y'all? One way. And it's by, with the truth of God, by the agency of the Holy Spirit. You need God's truth and you don't need to just stare at the truth, but you need the Holy Spirit to do some work in there and do some transforming, right? That is verse 20. 
21, when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. We need the truth, which is Jesus, right? Uh, let's talk about truth briefly. The old way is your issue. Even if you are in Christ, your old man is still trying to rear up and establish some ground in your mind. It don't want to let it go. It's like, the, it's like the dude who you told, it's over, Johnny. <laughs> you know, you pass them the note at the end of the fifth grade, and you say, I want to be with Bobby. But he came back the next summer and said, we, what's up? He's like, no, it's over. <laughs> Do I got to show out and tell you I don't want to be your girlfriend no more? <laughs> yes, you do. The old way is constantly trying to reestablish itself. And what happens here in our mind, the center of our intellectual, uh, uh, the intellectual department of our soul, right? What's happening is there is a constant war. And what the devil wants to do is keep our mind divided. He wants to keep that thing cluttered so that God's truth cannot fully establish itself in there. That's what's happening, right? James talks about this double-minded man who's unstable in all his ways that shouldn't expect anything from the Lord, right? Um, I was listening to Tony Evans. He was talking, he was preaching just a a dope sermon on addictions and uh, how to break free. But he started talking about the ideas of strongholds. And, you know, these strongholds, this is kind of like Hebrews besetting sins, any kind of patterns that just... They just don't want to seem to let you break free, right? But it doesn't matter. Many of us in here have besetting sins. Many of us in here have things that we would consider strongholds, patterns that we just keep kind of finding ourselves going back to, right? Don't mean you're not saved. Just means that there are some cycles. (laughs) But guess what? Praise God for Christ Jesus who gives us the ability to triumph right? He came to set us free, and so that we can be free, amen, somebody. But here's the thinking. You have got to understand that there's a a, a kind of thinking and philosophy, Colossians 2, 8, that this world has that is actively opposed to the mind of God. I know there have been some Christians in the name of God who have really done a lot of harm to this message that I'm really trying to tell you. They, they dress up in church in army fatigues and they got semi-automatic loaded guns and they march and then they tell people how awful they are and they don't have any ounce of Christ likes in them, but they are belligerent and they're always trying to tell other people how bad they are. And I know that has, I think, put in us a mind where anything that tries to draw the line to say, hey man, this is wrong and actually Christ is right, you feel a little uneasy about that. Or you don't feel easy at least admitting to the fact that, hey, there are forces working against you. I just, but it's true, y'all. It's just so true that right now, there is an ideology and a philosophy specifically designed for you with your name on it that is trying to war against the truth of God in your life. And that's not me, that's all of us in here. 
There is an ideology and a philosophy in your world right now that is trying to plant itself and make itself cozy in your intellectual center and it's trying to cause disturbance in your soul, y'all. We think about people who get swept up in a strange ideology who think, you know, people are running crazy things out of pizza parlors in the middle of D.C. or your aunt who you can't walk in the house unless you stomp three times and turn around. Like, you like, oh, man, them folks crazy. They minds gone, you know what I'm saying? They need some mind renewal. Y'all. You, you will never reach for the truth of God as desperately as you need to unless you really believe you are under assault. And I'm not talking about your mom and them political party. I'm not talking about your favorite podcaster and what they, I'm talking about reach for this, yo. That's where it always goes left because you don't reach directly for this. You reach for it through a broken medium and then you end up leaving this and just following whoever you thought you was getting the word from. Just reach for this with a desperation that you desperately need. You need the soul to have life and you need mind renewal. But what happens is this, the devil is constantly trying to establish in us a divided mind. Uh, Tony Evans said that essentially what happens, the devil drops a partition. You know, we used to meet out of a little room in streets when there was only 20 of us, and we used to meet in there, and we used to sometimes, the kids would be in one side, we'd be in the other. And so we wouldn't hear what the kids were doing, what we would do. We dropped the partition, right? So we can keep out all the little things that were going over there to keep us from being distracted. This is what the devil is trying to do. He doesn't mind you, as Tony Evans would say, going to church on Sunday and getting a little bit of the word of God if on six days he can infiltrate your mind with all the rest of the ideology. Because he knows, he starts talking about Diet Coke Christianity. He says, you know, what happens is, you go down there to uh, rendezvous, you go to Central Barbecue, let me get the Jamaican jerk, let me get the triple loaded nachos with extra barbecue and cheese, and let me get fries with more seasoning, load the fries down, let me get the caramel cake, let me get about a whole rack of ribs, and uh, man, what would you like to drink? A Diet Coke. <laughs> I couldn't do it like Tony did it, but let's not fool ourselves, y'all. A little bit of God cannot override all the other ideology that you are receiving. It can't do it. It is powerful. It is able to cut through joint and marrow. But I'm telling you, if you keep your mind fixated on all the other stuff and you just keep trying to give it a little bit of God, it won't work, yo. First Peter 5 and 8. Be alert. Your enemy, the devil, rolls around like a prowling lion looking for someone to devour y'all. But here's the truth. John 8, 31. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples. And then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Why are you preaching about mind renewal in the middle of a series about restoring 
and replenishing our soul because where your souls are getting ensnared is by the information it is receiving through the mind and it is keeping your souls in bondage. If you sat with me long enough and we talked about all the anxiety and suffering and things you are going through, I bet you I could find a lie attached to it. Somewhere where you are not believing either what God says of himself or what God says about you or the world that you live in, sit with me long enough. We have to keep renewing our mind. And that's happening through the word and it happens through the agency of the Holy Spirit. Renewal, actually, it it occurs, this idea, verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Some of y'all know uh, Romans 12 too, right? Um, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That, That kind of motif, that thread is constantly there, but it also happens in Titus 3 and 5. It says, God saves us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the renewing agent. He's the regenerator, and he does it through the word of God. And he's got, the Holy Spirit has an important relationship with truth. It's the Holy Spirit's job to renew the mind initially, to awaken you to your sin. We always make a joke about it. That moment where you realize, you remember the difference between Ephesians uh, uh, 4, 17, those first couple verses and the latter ones? How do you cross over between knowing, oh, Jesus is truth? When you used to be as atheist, agnostic, as universalistic as you wanted to be, you were obstinate to the word of God, you were mad at your parents for dragging you to church, and then all of a sudden, one day you realize, oh, they were right. What happened? The Holy Spirit. It wasn't time. You didn't mature into that. You didn't read into that. The Holy Spirit all of a sudden took you from one place on January 21st to a different cognitive place on the 22nd. Come on, man. The Holy Spirit, renew your mind. One theologian says, mind renewal is the Holy Spirit's first and maybe most decisive work. Prodigal son, that first moment you realize, I don't have to live like this. I came to myself. How do we get the minds renewed? We have to stare at the glory of God through the word and the face of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. But look at what the devil does. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, the, good, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds, there it is, of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. What's happening? The devil is trying to blind us. The Holy Spirit is trying to expose us to God's truth. This is a really simple battle. This week, it oftentimes happens to me when I wake up. I'm pretty much the best, most devoted Christian you know. <laughs> I wake up, and my, my spirit says, hey, before you put your foot on the floor, let's just put something on your heart. And I'm just telling you, my mind goes, mm, mm. 
and I see that little blue bird, and I'm like, mmm. And I see that white F with the blue background, I'm like, uh, I'm gonna get there. <laughs> and then I, I have the personal legalism battle in my own mind, like, uh, I, you know, I ain't saved by this. It don't matter if I do this first or that order. What is the devil constantly trying to do to you? He is trying to blind you so that you can't see who God truly is. That's his constant role for you when you first came and now that you're in there. Can he keep you enough distracted so you won't get your eyes on him? That's what he's trying to do. What is the Holy Spirit trying to do? Hey. I'm trying to expose you to life-giving truth that can only come through God's word and the spirit. So if we know that, here's why I'm praying for you and you pray for your pastor this week. When the Holy Spirit pinches you this week, just yield. Just yield. Just yield. Open your little Bible app. You won't have to stay long. Just, just read the verse they have for you for the day. Open, bow your knees get the ones you saved on your phone just crack it that truth is a part of your mind renewal and it's a part of how God is trying to keep your soul refreshed just yield how many of y'all know it takes so much intentionality to keep our eyes focused on Jesus I think, I think sometimes my folks think I'm crazy. I don't be singing because I like singing, even though I like singing. I'm literally sing praying. I'm singing word. I'm trying to flash pray. I'm, just, I'm singing because I'm trying to get it in there best way I can. And it takes a whole lot of intentionality. Get in the car. Oh, God, I thank you. Start washing my dishes. Lord, your way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. It takes so much effort to keep turning our hearts to him. But how many of y'all have lived long enough to see the benefit? If I keep turning to him, if I draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh unto me. God wants your soul to be free. That's what I'm telling you. God wants your soul to be free. He does not want your soul to live in anguish and turmoil. And the way that he's got to do it is you got to you keep letting him renew your mind. And the mind that is seeking renewal through the word and the spirit will be free. John 8, 32. And you will know the truth and the truth will do what? The truth will set you free. Does anybody want to be free today? Now, I'm serious. Do you want to be free today? See, because I know some of y'all cry yourself to sleep more nights than you don't. I know some of y'all are suffering in some dark, 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 dark places, and I'm saying, who wants to be free today? And I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to make everybody whatever, but I got a little time today. If you ready, let's start taking steps and starting our journey towards mind renewal and freedom. If you want to be free, then you got to give yourself with all your might to pursuing the renewal of your mind. 
And the beautiful thing is that the same way you get your soul refreshed is the same way that you get your mind renewed. By gazing on the glory and the beauty of Jesus through his word and his person and his presence and by the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter who you are, how you walked in here, and it doesn't matter what has you bound. He's not asking for that. He's just asking, are you tired? Are you tired of being bound? Are you tired of being darkened in your understanding, having futile thinking and thought? If you are tired of living the old way, he's got a new way that is more powerful and more beautiful than anything that you have experienced. And for you old heads, my prayer for you is that you would, as a scripture, would take heed lest you fall. The greatest danger for the people who've been walking with Christ for a little while is complacency. That's when we get knocked off our rocker. Keep pursuing mind renewal and watch our God continue to set us free and restore our souls. Amen. Come on, stand with us. And uh, I'm gonna, uh, just gonna pray to close this out. This is one of those moments where, uh, hey, I'll just tell you, um, after we get done, we still need to get our, uh, our chairs up and things put to the side. Um, so just be thinking about that. But if you've heard my call today and you're desperate for freedom, you're desperate for mind renewal, we'll be hanging out. Um, y'all do me a favor. If, uh, if I didn't get a chance to greet you, you know I love you. But uh, if y'all could just let this space just be for the people who, who just need some prayer and some ministry, um, we'll do that. Um, you're welcome to stay in worship for a second, so don't, don't start immediately grabbing the chairs. But... Um, if you could kind of quietly dismiss if you don't want to stay in worship. We love you. We'll see you um, next week. Um, but if I'm speaking to your heart and the fatigue is there, we'll only be here for a couple minutes. Um, just want to be with you. Uh, if you are a part of our little prayer team and, and you'd like to help me minister for a, a few minutes, you can come on up. Um, and uh, deacons or elders, whoever you might want to be. Um, I love you. Only reason why I started this series because I just want y'all to be strong. I'm deeply invested in your strength and wanting your soul to be in a good place. And uh, so I just pray that you would hear that heart and um, you would pray for all of us as we try to pursue that end. Uh, Lord, we love you. And we acknowledge what every Christian should acknowledge, that at one point we were characterized by our futile thought, fruitless thinking, darkened heart. We were averse to the things of God. But praise be to God, who not only redeemed us, but taught us a new way to live. And that new way of living doesn't just glorify you, but it it places our soul in the healthiest place it can be. 
A mind that is renewed keeps our soul in a place where its attention is fixed on Jesus, who is continuing to nurture us with living water. Would you give us grace, Lord God? Would you give us grace to fight the good fight, to keep pursuing mind renewal, and to keep our gaze on you? We love you. We praise you. Amen. No longer slaves. If it's your time, we love you. We'll catch you next week. You unravel me.